I was like, hello, everybody. Welcome to ADD Masterminds. This is our new theme song. (laughs) I feel like I should have been consulted. (laughs) I I don't know what that was. It was like it was like singing, talking. (laughs) It was great. Oh, yeah, I was going to that was actually later in the list. I, we got all these things like we never, ever get to the list in the list. I'm hoping to get to the birthday thing that you were yes. like, oh, I can't believe we didn't do that. I'm hoping to yeah. do that one because it's a good bit. We'll it's make really it. funny, guys. It's going to be so funny. You're going to laugh at it. Don't but, um, don't leave. Oh, man, what was I going to say? Oh, yeah, yeah. So later on in the list, I just got like ADD for a minute. I can do that, though. You're on the right show for that. I, I can't do that on Wax Museum. I have to be like actually paying attention to my guests and being a good interviewer. But on ADD Masterminds, I can be me. You can just go for it. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Okay. I was thinking about singing voices versus talking voices. And it's like the Pearl Jam guy, Eddie Vedder. Oh, yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Whatever, right? And, <laughs> and then I'm like, does he talk like that? Like, he doesn't talk like that, does he? Like, no. why do people's singing voices end up being so different from their talking voices? I think that a lot. And I think you hear it a lot. I feel like the only genre that has a singing accent is country. And so mm. I feel like everybody else, they just kind of drop it. So I, I don't know. It's always hard to spot somebody is matching a singing and a speaking voice. You can't really tell if someone can sing when they talk because I don't know. It just it doesn't usually match. Yeah, I'm so you. I'm like, I feel like they're fakers if they don't sound the same way when they talk versus they sing. Like, it's like, hey, guys, now I'm going to sing. Right? Like, it's like, no, dude. Oh, now all I can hear is like trying to have a conversation with Shakira or like Pitbull. And he's just like yelling at you. Oh, I well, need to see like that a, happen now. I saw this clip of like Johnny Cash and it was like Steve Martin and Johnny Cash doing some comedy. And like oh, when God. Johnny Cash, Cash talked, he was talking like he sings. And then I'm like, okay, I feel like that's a character too. It's like, maybe I'm Johnny Cash. It's like, I bet you don't talk like that in real life. Like to June, well, he wasn't talking like that. Yeah, he doesn't really maybe. talk anymore. But well, may he rest, rest in his peace. Soul. But yeah. Now I'm, hey, can now I I'm ask sad. you a really stupid American question? Okay. Okay. So incredibly ignorant. Do Canadians do Halloween? Yeah. Okay. And like the same, because I know same day and everything. It's not like your Thanksgiving. Yeah. Yeah, There's no like Canadian Halloween. I don't, just checking. I don't know. Like all of a sudden I was going to ask like, do your kids still dress up? But I wasn't sure if you, I, again. Yeah, we do all the things. And then like our churches are awkward about it too. Okay. You have the Holy Ghost weenie roast and everything. The, uh, yeah. You know, it was funny. Um, so like, my kids went to a Christian school where they had like a um, harvest party. Yes. So Trunk I told my kids, yeah. And I'm like, you should dress up as a farmer from hell. Yes. Did, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. Our school, they go to a little private <laughs> Christian school and it's already like, don't send them in any costumes. We will send them home. We don't celebrate this day. And I'm like, OK, no problem. But anyway. Right. I also like there were churches that have like Hallelujah Night. Yes. And I'm like, they should rename oh, it ours Hallelujah has Night. Ours has a Hallelujah party. Absolutely. Yeah. So excited. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, I'm i still kind of stuck on this whole idea that like so much of Christianity is branding. 
and it's not about actually the heart of things. Right. So it's like Halloween is not our brand, so we're against it. And it's like whatever, man. Like I, I struggled with it when I was a bit more fundamentalist, uh-huh. and I was like, I'm I'm gonna take my kids trick or treating, but I don't like it. And then I went around and met all my neighbors, and I realized yeah. this is a great neighborhood thing. Yeah. I'm a jerk. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I wasn't allowed to trick or treat. My I don't think my husband trick or treated. And then once we had kids, and I was like, "It's costumes and candy. We doing this." So off we, we doing went. This. We doing it. Yeah, I don't know. I I, I don't know anybody who t- gave their life to Satan because of Halloween. Because so of I it. think we're good. But now, no. Also, like I don't know. I don't know about Satan. Like I'm like I I like I think it's a good like metaphor for everything that's wrong with the world, but I'm mm. like I I don't know what I think about Satan. Okay, interesting. Um, we just <laughs> recently had a a conversation about I I scared my kids because they were watching a show with like a Ouija board, and I was like, I'm gonna give oh, you yeah. some information, and I'm yeah. gonna let you guys decide. And they both got so mm. freaked out, and they decided just not to watch it anymore. I was very proud of them for that. I didn't want to tell them not to. But demons and everything came up and they were like, whoa, those are real. Mm. Okay, then no, we're not doing this. But yeah, the Ouija board thing is still freaky to me. Like, I wouldn't be like, oh, I'm going to go play with the Ouija board now. Exactly. I don't do that. But but I what I find most often is like the people that are most like harping. I don't know if we talked about this last episode, but the people that harp the most on that's satanic. This is satanic are like people that support like terrible politicians. Yeah. You know, and like it's like you don't see actual Mm -hmm. satanic work in your own life. Like you're okay with somebody bragging about like sexually assaulting someone because they're your guy. Not to mention any names. Not to not to get political. (laughs) But you know what I mean? Like, there's yeah. all that. Like, I'm no, like, the way they talk about other this people. Boogeyman too in is, the corner. There's actual yeah. people doing evil things. Let's worry about that. And talking about humans in non human terms, you know, because of politics or, you know, the harsh criticism they have for other people, to me, is far more satanic than like watching Care Bears. <sighs> Call me crazy, but that's what I think. <laughs> oh, Care Bears. I don't think I watched that one. I didn't either. I'm good with that being satanic, like whatever. Yeah, you can keep it. Looks dumb. Yeah. <laughs> so I w- I went to my optometrist office, and you ever okay. go to like one of those spaces where you know you can make a ridiculous joke and it's gonna it's gonna kill. Oh yeah. <laughs> what did you do? <laughs> I'm I'm so. So excited. I went in. They're like, "Hey, do you want to play credit or cash?" And I'm like, "I am not paying cash." Until the rightful king is on it. <laughs> did it slay? Yeah, it did slay. I, I was like, and I told them, I'm like, you know, I've decided I'm going to be like the only King Charles stan. Not to get political. Sure. But I'm like, I don't think anybody's a fan of King Charles. And so no. I've decided I'm going to be his only fan. Is Camilla even a fan? Like, do we know for <laughs> sure? <laughs> I don't know. She seemed to kind of go out of her way to be with him. So that's true. If the crown it's taught me truth. anything, hey, that oh. that show is so close to reality. Dude. Oh, <laughs> I, I saw a great I saw a great tweet about this too. It's totally yeah. inappropriate, so I'm gonna say it. Um, 
there was like it was like a Excited. meme that said it had a picture of uh camilla and then i said to all the side pieces just hold on your day is coming <laughs> she is the patron saint of side pieces oh that's good so last night um i attended a um I'm so bad with theologian names. I just like not super into theology, but I'm like mm -hmm. keep getting contacted by theologians and I keep getting asked to read theologians. So it's like God's drawing me back into theology. Okay. So I guess I'll do it. Um, but it, it was this theologian. He's he's a black Baptist theologian um, from the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And uh, I totally forgot his name. I'm so bad. But um he was talking last night about Mary and yeah. how we tend to look at Mary mainly as just a body mm -hmm. and not a person. In Catholicism, you know, Protestants like to criticize, you know, Catholicism for thinking too highly of Mary. But right. here we're just like objectifying her. Like we're just saying, oh, she's Ooh. a body that carried Jesus. Ooh. When in reality, he argues, Mary was the person who taught Jesus, which means mm. also that God learns and God is teachable and he will learn from humans. And I was like, oh. And so then he says, like, the problem with colonization oh, is that the Europeans didn't have a learning mindset. They had a teaching mindset. They're mm. like, everyone needs to learn from us because mm. our God teaches but never learns we teach but never learn huh. and i'm just like oh my gosh this is everything that's wrong with christianity and i'm like wow. this is just rocking my world right now because he said what if christians were known as being teachable what if christians oh. you're just like you know no one listens like a christian and we all laughed when he said that because it's yeah. like, that's not, no, that's right, not a right, thing. Right. But I'm like, what a beautiful thought. Huh. Oh, I like that so much. Like, yeah, truly, whether it was like crawling or walking or yeah. definitely language, you know, yeah. that there was, if he is fully God and fully human, yeah, he came yeah. here pretty empty and needed to, we don't know how much consciousness he had of his deity, but yeah, that he, he had to learn the basics. There was something going around recently of like, if Jesus was a carpenter like Joseph, did he ever miss the nail or was he perfect? And he knew that he was always going to, and that's, you know, that's how many angels can dance on the head of a pin. Who cares? Like this, this weird yeah. little whatever, but yeah, that, that God had to learn things and tripped and, you know, knocked yeah. things over is always fascinating. But that, yeah, that Mary taught God is, Ooh, okay. I never thought about it's that, but that's all stuff. I'm going to think of now. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm like, I just like this whole being able to learn because it's the same thing too. Like as, as we see God, that's how we parent. Yeah. And it's yeah. like a parent that's willing to learn from their child is so much more powerful than a parent that just dictates everything. Yeah, no, that's really true. I remember being told a lot, you know, no, you have to have a teachable spirit and be and that just meant accept what the grownups are telling you. Right. But like, mm. Whoever listened to us as kids. Oh, such a good point. Yeah. Um, the other thing he was talking about, too, was like translators and how translators 
would like try to learn the language. I mean, which obviously means you have to listen to the other person to learn their language, yeah. but it's like you're, you're being teachable, you learn their language. And then once you actually learn their language, when you say, I love you to them in their own language, they actually believe you. I was like, Ooh. whoa. Oh, I like that. Oh, uh, so good. good. Come up with his Apparently name. Apparently he's one of the best theologians <laughs> of our time, but I yeah. can't remember his name. Put it I'm in the so show notes or way. something, because now I want to go look that up. Yeah. And I, yeah. Wait, I'm going to look it up right now. Okay. Hold on. Entertain the people while I do it. William Jennings, uh, Dr. William Jennings. William Good Jennings. job entertaining them. Yeah, I was going through the list like maybe I can just tease something, but there we go. Yeah. <laughs> so whenever I hear the term Call, Call of Duty, I think of like the um, that movie with the guy in the video game. Wreck-It Ralph. Ralph. Oh, there yeah. We go. When she says Heroes Duty, Heroes and I'm like, Call duty. of Duty. Yeah. Call of Duty. So it's like you are out in the battlefield fighting and call of duty basically is like uh-oh i gotta poop and so you gotta get from like your f- battle position to the outhouse without getting shot and that's what that game's all about that i mean i haven't played it so it might be that sounds like fun i think so too you know i think i'm pretty sure there's plenty of parents who play that at like the school pickup every day but you know i see the way <laughs> i see the way they're panicked they need to get home I got a turtle head boiking out. <laughs> oh my god! None of us have seen that movie. It's immoral. Wait, which one is that one? That's uh, one it of the Austin Powers. It might have been two. Okay, I probably did see it back in the day. So, like for a bit, like when things were like slowing down at work, I had to go substitute teach, and I was teaching like grade five. Okay. And there was a kid I was talking to and he was like doing his homework and I was trying to be all encouraging. So I'm like, dude, you're killing it. And the kid looked at me. And he's like, yeah, I stabbed it in the face. And I was like, <laughs> I had so much respect for that kid. That's great. Oh, man. I'm going to use that. <laughs> yeah. I used to say it to my kids all the time. And then my wife is like, that's kind of inappropriate. And I stopped. But you can use it till. Your husband tells you to stop, I guess. He will, he will never. He will not. No? I no think likes. the school will if they go and mm. they're like, oh, I got 100 on my test. I stabbed it in the face. I'm going to get a call about <laughs> violent uh, language. <laughs> so I, I I don't don't remember. <laughs> what was Start, that? Try it again. <laughs> I love this show because it's like I like it seriously. I think like Wax Museum a lot more serious about like how I present myself. And with this, yeah. it's like if I screw something up, it's part of the show. One of my favorite um, things, just so much respect for podcasters who don't make fun of each other. Like I was listening to something and I feel like mm. every three sentences somebody was mispronouncing or or yeah. missed the word. And in my head, I'm like, they're so stupid. But like everybody just lets it go and lets them yeah. talk I, i'm too much of a child i would be like Haha, you said that wrong uh, but it's but like i i think like that kind of space though it's like you got to be careful how you do it right 
Because right. like I find like sometimes spaces can be toxic because people are making fun of each other all oh, the sure. time. And like I like having kind of a positive space. And it's like I don't know, like where's the line, right? Like I think maybe the line's different for each person. I mean, I wouldn't have laughed if you didn't laugh. So I think like if the person who's, you know, yeah. mispronouncing or stammering is like, oh, I'm so silly, then it's like free, you know, open season, yeah. not open season, but like uh, free space. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I was hanging out with a guy last week that doesn't understand that. So if I mm. said something self-depreciating, he would take it further, which I was like, okay, dude, like you're enjoying this too much. Oh, interesting. you know, yeah. and I'm like, yeah, you're kind of, you're kind of an awful human being. Like, it, it's not like I, it bothered me. Like it yeah. didn't really like bring me down a peg, but it just like kind of revealed the kind of person he is and i was like okay. that's not that's not great not a good way to that. be bro yeah yeah but i mean like part of it too is like like i think just some people know that and some people don't yeah so I social guess. cues yeah i don't know like a lot of it is like just confidence it's like i'm confident in myself enough that like i don't really need to tear people down to yeah. feel good about myself um but like, if I have like a joke I can make, if I think it'll make them laugh, I'll make it. Okay, if I don't think yeah. they're going to laugh, I'm you like, know your why audience. would I make that joke about them? Like, it's like, is that to make myself feel better? Because I feel mm -hmm. pretty good already, guys. So <laughs> <laughs> Nice. I say, so I can't remember where I heard this, but it's like, can you handle the boredom? Um, Man, the way I wrote this is dumb. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like it, it was about success and how to be successful you have to be able to handle the boredom of getting better at what you do like you have to stick to it even when okay. it's boring mm. i thought that was an interesting point yeah, like it's I like, like that i feel like a lot I of think... people don't you know that they're like i'm not enjoying this i'm not improving right now you know and kind of give it up right yeah, and those people who handle the boredom well are the ones that succeed. I guess you have to be passionate enough about what you're doing to stick to it and know that it's boredom right now, but there's a payoff that's worthwhile to me. I guess. Right. Yeah, and I think if it's the type of person that maybe is um, is motivated by results, like, you know, that it's like, oh, if I got a little bit better, I can get I'm just going to say more better. That sounds stupid. But, you know, I got a little bit better and then I can get farther it's, it's from there. Betterer. Betterer. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> now uh, you don't sound dumb. Now I don't. I don't have the dumb now. <laughs> Thank you for mansplaining the better. <laughs> Fix that uh, up. Nice. Oh my gosh. Uh, you're welcome. I hate it when people say you're welcome, like when you don't say thank you. Oh, as like a, yeah, yeah, yeah. The parent yeah, thing of like, oh, you're welcome to remind yeah, you to like, say thank you. Yeah, it's like Jesus said. It's like those who say you're welcome have already received the reward in full. Ooh, Ooh. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he said that about something else, but like. Something whatever. else entirely, but that's right. I can I can apply scripture anywhere. Scripture is what you make it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, that was a dangerous thing to say. <laughs> I hated it as soon as it came out. 
All right. Oh, yeah. This was another concept that I thought was cool. And it, it's funny because like it's like all these like kind of self-help things. It's like how to be successful and all this stuff. And I'm like even like like what is success like podcasting wise? And, you know, it's like how many listeners do you have? And it's like I think people would be like disappointed when I tell them how many listeners I have. But I'm like. Okay, hold on. Why do I? Just a minute. My like, all of a sudden, my computer started playing a video. Oh. And I, I could hear it in my ears, and it yeah. distracted me for a minute. Oh, okay. Anyways. Too. Oh, yeah. So success. Yes. In podcasting. And it's like, I don't care so much about the stats as I do. What conversations am I having? Who am I having these conversations with? Uh, and so when I start getting emails from people saying, can I be on your podcast? I'm like, that's really cool. Yeah. And when I go on Twitter and I have a conversation with someone that I really respect and then I'm like, hey, want to come on my, my podcast and they're game to do that. That's really why I do all of this. So, right. Because that's like the yeah. real connection. That's not the numbers, yeah. you know, not the amount reached, but if the amount connected to is different. Yeah. And like with ADD masterminds, it's just great to go through all these thoughts and just throw them out there. Like it's absolutely yeah, with someone like the girl. With someone like me who's trying so hard not to be distracted by the kitty cat in the back. Oh. Hi, kitty. Sorry, I'm like a child. That's Caspian. Caspian. Very nice. Caspian. For you Very audio nice. listeners, Caspian <laughs> is a cat. Very fluffy. I'm so good at descriptive video. Yeah, you could like totally when they do those, uh, like the alternate audio tracks, you could, you know, your cat walks by in the background. We should do that. <laughs> we got to make this fully accessible. Yes. Or whatever. To the people who don't do video. <laughs> All right. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. So this, mm -hmm. uh, I don't know. It was some self-help success yeah. metric video thing. And he said, can one coin make you rich? And uh, I was like, what? And then when they explained it, they're like, just basically like, there's a tipping point at which you're rich. I was like, that's an interesting point. Oh, wow, okay. That was a good conversation piece. I have nothing else to say about that. <laughs> I was going to say, like, does it, does he mean having, having only one or is it like this one coin puts you over the edge? Yeah, it's the that like one sense. coin that pushes you over the edge. I, don't I, I always don't find that interesting when it's like, okay, so if you're here, the answer is no. And if you're here, the answer is yes. When does it actually click over? You know, like when is it in anything when it's like, has it been long enough? Will it, will it be long yeah. enough in two minutes or will it be five minutes or will it be, you know, stuff like that. So it's like, well, it's, it's binary. It is or it isn't, but where does it, where does it turn? That's because human categories are dumb. Well, that too. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, it's like, well, is it this or is it that? It's like, who cares, man? It is what it is. It is. You need to That's be not... more like a kid because kids are psychedelic, man. I am fascinated by this on the list. And I think that you're right. Kids are <laughs> psychedelic. Absolutely. I cannot remember who said that. 
Oh, it was like in some podcasts I was listening to, they're like, kids are psychedelic. I'm like, they totally are. And I love that. Like, I like, when you talk about like the faith of a child, like yeah. maybe the faith of a child is to be psychedelic and just be like, yo, I'm tripping. <laughs> I mean, the way that fully <laughs> anything they could think of, they think could possibly happen or be real or be true, you know, and the imagination of a kid. Yeah, they're they're tripping all the time. Absolutely. Yo, it's all the chocolate milk. It's gotta be. I just got a text from Dan King. He wrote a song. Yeah. That's cool. Ooh. Anyways, yeah. Faith of a child, trippy. Yeah. <laughs> I got distracted when you were talking. You said something about chocolate milk. I said that the kids are tripping all the time. It's all the chocolate milk they drink. Yes. Yes. I was so well, disappointed I mean, like, okay, that didn't kids, land. <laughs> kids are like always looking for the next great thing, the next yeah. exciting and fun thing. Yeah. And it's like, if we can live with that wonder, maybe we'll want to go on another day. <laughs> if we can live waiting for the next ice cream truck or playground yeah. or trip to the zoo. Yeah, that'll get us out of bed. That might be yeah. it. Actually, Daniel's kind of psychedelic, too. He's like, yeah, I'm going to a club tonight. And like, whatever. I'm doing some stand-up. Or maybe a rap show. Or Ooh. a rap show. I sound like such a like, white person. A rap person. show. He's going oh, to a boy. rap show. Rap he's, music. The sound of the times. <laughs> oh, man. Yes, definitely rap. Love it, like the old DC talk, like the old embarrassing yes. DC talk. Oh yeah, yeah, boy! <laughs> oh my gosh, that was the best and the worst. Oh, the Stephen Curtis Chapman song he did with DC Talk. Oh, that rings that a bell. I think so. Yeah, yeah. I if grew I have, up been in a while. state where the grass. Uh, I grew up in a state where the grass is blue. So if it's gotta be believable, it's gotta be true. <laughs> I can't. Now I'm going to find that. That's so good. Check it There's out. A I lot got a of next door neighbor. Christian rappers. And he's been watching my behavior because <laughs> he knows I'm a Christian guy, and he wants to know if it's a truth or a lie. Michael W. Smith did some rapping back in the day, even. Oh, yeah. Come on, Love everybody. Crusade. I can't remember the whole Yes, thing. come on, everyone. There's a lot that can be done. A little left can go a long, long way. Yeah. That's going to be burned <laughs> in my head forever on Love Crusade. Oh, man. I got to tweet that later. It's too bad Michael W. Smith's rap career never <laughs> took off. fun rapping. <laughs> oh, no. <sighs> All right. Okay. Okay. Here it is. There it is. I remember. So like, seriously, my eldest is 18 now, but I remember when he was little and this was like the first time I think he must have been in kindergarten or grade one or something. My first time dropping him off at a party, because like when kids are little, you always go to the party with them. Sure. Right. And then it's like you're dropping them off. And it's like for me, it was like somebody I didn't know that well either. And so, like, mm-hmm. dropping him off at the party for the first time, and I'm just like, um, just uh, don't make sure he dies. Like, you got this, right? Like, <laughs> you sure? It's so weird. It's, yeah, yeah the first couple of drop-offs, 
very weird of just, all right, they're going to just be here and you're going to yeah. be in charge of them. And when I come back, yeah. they'll be sugared up, but they're, they're still going to be here and everything's going to be fine. You know, it's, it was even that like for school, we had done some, uh, some homeschooling just because of COVID and family and yeah. whatever. And, uh, when I dropped them off for school the first day and I was just like, okay, you just take them now. And I, I come back between three and three 30 and that's just it. Like you, yeah. you're just going to handle them and I'm not going to yeah. be here or no. The fact that I don't know what they're doing even right now is so weird. Like just, yeah. I don't know. I usually monitor, not monitor, but I'm usually aware of everything, but they're going to go have lunch and they're going to go play whatever and learn something yeah. and take a test. It throws me off, but yeah, just dropping them off. Like, okay, you're in charge of them That's... now. Bye. I, I saw like a TikTok where someone was talking about how like they were like holding like a little baby. And they're like, for the first, I think it's like three months, the yeah. baby still thinks they're part of your body. Mm -hmm. it's <laughs> I'm like, what? Nuts. Yeah. And yeah. that's, you know, they, they, when you leave, it doesn't make sense to them. You know, they think that mm. they are gone. They've lost a part of them, you know, and then once object permanence and everything starts to become a whatever, that's why babies freak out when you walk away. Like it makes sense. Like maybe. That fourth so maybe trimester they're is real. Super high. You know, like when you talk about yes. children being psychedelic, I love how this ties in. Yes. Um, like maybe they're it's born like they're so, so high. high then... They're like, whoa, how is my mom in the other room? We're the same person. That's right. crazy. And it's almost like as you get older, you sober up. And you that's sober why we up. all get we all get depressed. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and they that's say you're why high on life. Should do drugs. Yes. They're high on life the most when you're first alive. <laughs> it makes so much sense. I think we've so when it. Jesus said get born again, he meant get high. I'm not gonna co-sign that one because <laughs> what if what if I want to run for government someday? I'm not going to, but what if <laughs> you could be the queen and oh, you could have God, that'd be so your fun picture on the five dollar bill on a five do i have to wear yeah. like the suits and like the hats a lot i don't i don't have a head for hats oh yeah yeah the pantsuit i wear a lot of suits and you know what's weird like when i work downtown i notice that there's like a big difference between what men have to wear professionally and what women have to wear professionally and mm -hmm. i was like you know like if like Women could probably wear like a nice dress shirt and like a pair of yoga pants. And it's like, that's professional. And I'm like, I, I don't know what the rules are. Like, honestly, for it has women. softened like, a bit. I feel there used like, to be a lot more skirt suits going around. Yeah. Like with guys, the rules are very strict. It's yeah. like, you got to tuck your shirt. You got to wear dress pants and you got to be uncomfortable and hate your life. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Keep going. <laughs> I'd imagine like even skirts are more comfortable. Like you got everything Probably. like free. Woo. I understand why like Kurt Cobain wore something. a dress. Oh, well, sure. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Well, enjoy that. The tie. Enjoy the patriarchy you guys have put on yourselves. <laughs> Not to get political. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I remaking or the making of biblical womanhood. Wonderful book. I always like kind of conflate it with Jesus and John Wayne. I read both of them around the same time so whenever i start talking about it i'm like yeah. i don't remember which book it was it was one of the two 
they both excellent. I wrote, read them very yeah. far apart, but they definitely had, you know, whispers of each other, but uh, yeah, both excellent books. I was going to try to have like Demay on the Wax Museum, but yeah. like the moment passed. I don't know. I play like tag with somebody back mm -hmm. and forth. And then if they don't, if they ghost me at some point, if they don't respond, I'm like, okay, fine. Friends off. Done. So that's yeah. basically what happened with Demay is like, she's like, yeah, sure. I'm just really busy right now. And I'm like, okay. And then I contacted her once she was not as busy not as, yeah. or I tried to contact her back and she never contacted me back. And I'm like, oh. the moment's passed. I've talked enough about her book. Now. <laughs> uh. But massively influential on how I see things now. Oh, yeah. I'm like, huh, we've always like just really liked pushing really societal norms. Like it's yeah. like our society wants, you know, domination, mm -hmm. you know, it's like the way our society is. And I think that's like this kind of conquest kind of mentality is the lens through which people have read the Bible now for so long. Yeah. That, you know, really, it's like post-Constantine. That's how we've read the Bible. Mm -hmm. And it's like, that's a big problem because that's how we see God. And like how we see God really directs how we see ourselves and behave right. ourselves. Yeah. And so if it's a conquest mentality, you will do whatever you want for people to follow your will if that's what you think god does it's like mm. really and i mean there's a lot of the like a lot of what i hear is like well people won't always feel love when you're loving them and it's like people have like just ran with that narrative yeah and it's just like no 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 this doesn't feel like love but i'm loving you and it's like that's gaslighting that really is i mean there's there's yeah. very little else that we'd ever say that about you know yeah. it's not going to feel warm but trust me it's warmth like or it's not going to feel cold <laughs> this water is going to not feel cold but i promise you there's ice in it like no no that's not how that works it's a good point it may taste like crap but it's not it's crap not. <laughs> oh i went to like this like um restaurant with one of my kids a breakfast restaurant i don't like to like complain about companies Okay. You know, like where I'm just like, oh, that A&W was really bad or whatever. I just think it's awful to try to like ruin people's business. But oh, sure. anyways, we went into this like breakfast place. And the moment we got in, me and my kid, I looked at him and I'm like, this place smells like poop. <laughs> <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, now that you mention it, it does. We sat down. We ate. And it was a great breakfast. Very tasty. Uh -huh expensive but really good yeah and then at the end it's like i think i got used to the poop smell <laughs> i was like i should write a review we like it was smelled like delicious poop. but it's gonna smell like, like at poop. first it smelled like poop but the food was delicious and i forgot that it smelled like poop Five is stars. that is that the new frog in the boiling water analogy <laughs> of like if you sit <laughs> in the poop long enough when you're you go into a restaurant that smells like poop, give it a try. Not the poop, the restaurant. That's the title of this episode. When you yes. go into a restaurant that smells like poop. Give it a try. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. All right. So back yes. to like the baby and stuff. Yes. I, I was thinking about how like um, 
we all know what maternal instinct is. Mm-hmm. And um, I think like as a father, it's like at first the baby's born. My first child was born. And I was like, oh, man, the mother has an instant connection because this child was part of her body. Right. And this child still thinks that they're part of her body. And mm-hmm. I'm like, so how does a how does a dad connect? And I know like the moment that my first kid was born, it's like they brought my kid over to get a bath because mm-hmm. I guess they're really dirty. And <laughs> the whole birth thing, very gross. I know that's your job, but like it is. But it is, I love it. Gross. That's great. It's not um, gross. I love my job. Like, you know, but I get yeah. Yeah, it's not for everybody to just watch for fun. (laughs) (laughs) Some people do, though. Yeah. Um, Anyways. Yeah. So connecting with the kid is just an interesting thing. Like, as they get older, like, for me, initially, it was kind of like, well, I don't want to be one of those parents that just does what I want to do and hope that my kid just gets in line and does what I want to do with them. And so initially I was kind of like, well, I'm going to do whatever they want to do. And I did that for a while. And then I was like, yeah, this is going to be dumb because I'm going to hate this kid because I'm like, <laughs> I have to do all these dumb things with them that aren't fun for me. And right. so I realized pretty quick that it's like it's about mutual interest. Mm-hmm. And that's basically how I dad. But I'm like, what? How would you describe paternal instinct like we talk about maternal instinct but what is paternal instinct or should we even differentiate between masculine and feminine when it comes to parental instincts yeah i mean part of me wants to say yeah you have to separate it because like your body you know my body is never gonna not have created and birthed two humans Mm. and they will find years and years later um like women who have given birth to male children, they'll find like male DNA still in their bodies from when that baby was there. And I've, from what I remember reading, they actually oh, kind of, yeah, like it's still in there. Um, and they've, again, I could be, this could have been a bad medical take. I might be completely wrong, um, but that they've <laughs> actually found them like attacking like cancers or infections, like just this Ooh. that's left behind from the baby. So there's just always going to be that connection. My body's always going to be different. Um, like, you know, this could be gross, but like when my kids are sick, I can smell it on them. My, hu- my huh. husband can't, I know that I've other fathers who have huh. said that they possibly can, but I'm just like, my body's never going to not have done that or not know that it mm. happened. Like, the amount of like, even um, I know bed sharing is very like controversial. They'll say that yeah. if you're a breastfeeding mom, you know, because you're that connected and like the cycles and everything, it's safer because you're more aware of the baby's presence with you. Um, than if you were a bottle feeding mom, nothing against that. It's just one of those, like that connection is just a little bit stronger because that literal physical nourishment of a child has continued you know, and that's different for maybe if the dad's in the bed or somebody who's bottle feeding. So it's, I, I think the difference is truly just being the birthing parent. Like it just can't mm. ever not be there. And I see that mm-hmm. with dads that are like, that, yeah, they're crying, but it's not a big deal. They're just annoying. Like just, just <laughs> ignore it. And it's like, I physically can't, this kid came yeah. from me. I'm, I, I yeah. it's not ignorable. Like, yeah, but 
I guess there, you know, there have to be paternal instincts, but I, I do kind of feel like they're grown more because technically you could be a dad and not know it, you know? And so it's not, you can't be a mom and not know it, I guess. And I'm getting very gendered mm-hmm. here and not to go political, but <laughs> it's just, it's one of those things. I think that you, you learn it or you yeah. at least cultivate it in yourself. Right. I would say like instinctually, like the first moment that my kid ever got into trouble, Ooh, yeah, you know, at like preschool, I was like, I felt like garbage. Like I felt oh. like I got in trouble oh. and I'm like, why is that? Like, I just naturally felt that way. Like, you ever feel that way? Like, when your kid gets in trouble, you're like, oh, I'm in trouble. And it's like, oh, yeah, no, it's my kid that's in trouble. How do I, is this healthy? Like, is it okay for me to feel this connected, right? But I I guess for me, it was like I worked at the connection from the get-go. The moment they were born, I felt like I need to work at this connection because I don't have that physical connection in the same way. Okay, yeah. But it's kind of interesting, too, because as the kids grew, I started to see the commonalities between me and them yeah. and what what kind of things we share. And it's funny, like my middle child, she um, she sees a side of me that a lot of people don't because I'm willing to take jokes further with her. OK. And she's like, Dad, that's disturbing. And I'm like, I don't know why you're the person I always do this with, but I always just take, like, I would never make this joke publicly, but I'll make the joke with her. And okay. it just ends up being kind of the safe space to be a little more edgy, right? I like that and connection, so, though. Oh, it's she's a great getting, connection. She's getting real, Dad. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So um, last night I heard one of the speakers introduced and they said, he has two wonderful daughters. And I was like, and a third one. That's not. <laughs> I always think that. Which is like, oh, I have two wonderful whatever. And then the other one. Like, <laughs> I that I always hear that in my head. Every time. My uh my dad called my mom his first wife, their entire marriage, like, you know, until she <laughs> passed. That. She'll he'll still say, like, you know, my first wife, Liz. They were together for 49 years before she left, yeah. for, before she passed. And it was like, I was going to say before she left, because I like to be like, she left this world. But now it sounds like yeah. she left on purpose. But um, yeah, he would be, oh, my first wife, Liz. And they'd be like, oh, so this is your second wife? No, that's her. Like the entire time, my first wife. It was wow. great. But that goes with the wonderful daughters, I feel. I made it dark, but yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, like losing your mom sounds like a lot to walk through. Um. Yeah, it, it, it was. And the whole, the, uh, the whole circumstances were, were weird. We've lost family in a lot of different ways, whether it is sudden or drawn out. And it was, it was both, it was neither, Mm. it was a lot, but you know, the funny thing is, uh, this is unnecessary to talk about, but I, I missed mostly when my kids are sick because I used to like, whether I was texting or calling or being like, what do I give them for this? What do I like? As soon as they spike a fever, I'm like, I want to talk to my mom. But, um, no, that was, that was definitely a thing. My, my father's first wife, of course, my first mom (laughs) should start calling her my first mom. (laughs) I like, you know, grieving is so interesting because it's like, I, I remember like I was taking like a first aid course and the first aid um instructor had said like 
you might see some things, you know, in first day. And he said that, like, what you need to do is be willing to talk about it. Mm. And he's like, and just keep talking about it. And it's going to hurt so much at first, but just keep talking about it. Because eventually you'll get to the other side of it where it doesn't hurt as much, I think is what he said. But I said in my experience, I realized when I lost somebody who was like I worked with, I would talk about her and it would hurt and talk about it and it would hurt. And then I gradually got to the point where I would talk about her with gratitude. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe that's what it is. And it's like, what's the, what's the saying from, uh, from WandaVision? You know, I was already thinking of that. What is grief if not love persevering? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, and I think that was one of the most gorgeous lines that's been written yeah. in years, but yeah. it definitely, definitely feels that way. That's how I see it with, uh, with my dad and her loss that it's, he didn't lose anything. You know, he's continuing to love her even now. Would you say that vision is like the smartest robot ever? I mean, I couldn't think of a smarter robot, so I'd have to, yeah. uh, I'd have to go. Yeah. Like, how does he know so much about, like, human suffering? Because he's the first depressed robot. I don't know. (laughs) Like, I, Uh, you know, it's funny because I I was thinking, too, about, like, you know, when you're talking about, like, that's the smartest robot ever. Mm -hmm. Um, I, my, uh, some of my family members were watching the Jeffrey Dahmer thing. Yeah. Which I'm like, I don't really want to watch that. I'm good. But um, I was like, do you think Jeffrey Dahmer is the worst Jeffrey ever? <laughs> Again, can't think of a worse Jeffrey. So I guess he's got to be. Is there a worse <laughs> Jeffrey out there? No, he's got to be the worst Jeffrey. Worst of all. Of yeah. them. And I think we all know who the worst Adolf is. Yes. <laughs> Bar none. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I knew that. Oh, that's a good one. The worst Jeffrey. Your your Eric died for your sins bit has made me giggle for weeks. Like anytime it pops up on socials. And like I know so many Eric's in my life. And so anytime it comes up, I imagine a different one, you know, whether it's like my husband's best friend, my nephew, like our former pastor, this kid at church. Every time it's what if Eric? Well, which one? Like, oh, it's been cracking me up. Yeah, it's fun. It's funny because like our language, you know, it's like our anglicizing everything and then we're like all these words we use are sacred and it's like what are you talking about and it's like you got to use the right magic words it's like well shouldn't we go to the original language right like i don't know i just think like we make stuff way too technical yeah i think intent is more important or should be at least yeah well and i mean it's that willingness to learn too right because it's like if i am going to use words and they're not going to land the right way with people maybe i should stop Mm. and like ask the people it's like okay if i say this what does it mean to you oh that's good yeah you know it's like i can't dictate you know 
what a space is going to be like. I, you know, it's funny. That's because that's what I think about, like, with all this talk about alpha males, there's this like Nick, whatever, who's like put beside his name, like alpha male. Yeah. <laughs> that dude on Twitter. And it's just like, it's so funny to me because I'm like, hey, what is what is an alpha male? Right. And it's like, is the alpha male the person that has to be the leader in the room everywhere they go? Because like to mm -hmm. me, that guy is just annoying. Yes. And very needy. And very needy and pathetic. Yeah. And it's like people look up to these people like that's right. stupid. Like to me, if a person wants to be a leader, which I think that it is silly to expect everyone to be a leader. Mm -hmm. I'm like, somebody's got to follow too. Right. But it's like, if you're going to be a leader, you should be able to walk into a room and say, what's going on in the room right now? Mm -hmm. Does anything need to change? Mm -hmm. No? Then I'm going to shut up. Yeah. And Something isn't that like alpha male, like self-proclaimed alpha male? Like nobody's, nobody's voting on this. Nobody's telling you you are, you know, it's just these people that are like, nope, that's who I am. That's what I am. You know, I just, I hate the whole thing. I really hate, I hate it. the whole thing too. Whoever wants to be great in the kingdom has to be a servant yes. or whatever. Or something. Oh, that's a different cat. As that Eric cat? said, that is Milo. Milo was named before they found out that Milo was female. Oh, okay. And so she's a lady named Milo. All right. She's very agile. Good for her. Yeah. She kind of runs away when I go to pet her. I'm like, why? <laughs> She's Why setting not give some me strong love, boundaries life? there. Yeah, she's my she's my grand kitty. Grand kitty. Yeah, she belongs to my son and his girlfriend. So oh. I'm like, this is my grand kitty. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> um, all right. Anyways, yeah. yeah. So I think that I I you know I've been thinking a lot about what leadership is because I have like this friend on Facebook that's always posting about leadership and he's got like a leadership role and all this stuff. And I'm mm -hmm. like, I, I think that like, for me, what I'm realizing is that like, it's a question of do things need to go in a different direction? And it's like, if things need to go in a different direction, I'm happy to lead. Mm -hmm. But what I'm going to do is I'm just going to move in that direction and people will follow or they won't follow. And I don't care what happens. If I feel like we need to go in this direction, I'm going to go in that direction. Yeah. And I think that's what leadership should be. Yeah, because otherwise it's just dragging. Like if you're leading and people are following, that should just happen. You know, as a parent, I'm certainly not a leader. Sometimes I'm a dragger. You have to. <laughs> but yeah, well, that makes sense. Sometimes you're a dragger. Sometimes. As a parent? I mean, if you're trying to get your, if you're trying to, I'm just thinking of kids being like stubborn and stuff, you know, you're trying to yeah. lead them well into maturity. And then it's just like, yeah. well, if I, if I, if I'm trying to model that and it's not working and now I have to like kind of force you to mature into this better behavior, that feels more of a dragger than a, than a leader. Oh, okay. When you were saying dragging, I felt like you were like holding people back. Mm, mm -mm. But it's like you're dragging people into that. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I, yeah. I, situations like if it's something we absolutely, absolutely have to do, then 
yeah, that's a different form of leadership where you actually right. have to manipulate people. But I'm like, I feel like that should be the exception and yeah. not like a person's common leadership style. Right. I think that that yeah. people who have that as a common leadership style, I think is through a misunderstanding of what love is, which is a misunderstanding mm. of who God is because God mm. is love. That's right. All right. Oh, I like this. Set up boundaries mm. with those bent on misunderstanding you. That's such a healthy thing. It's it it's so good and it's so important. And I think there's a lot of I've been seeing some like anti-boundary stuff of like why aren't we helping? Why are we limiting mm. the people that we'll talk to and and connection? But yeah, when it's I've explained myself or we've been in this situation or, you know, we've talked and it's just not there. Then it's, you don't get to bother me anymore. You don't get to take up any more of my thought space. Yeah. It's like, I'll just be surfacey with you. Yeah. I've, I've had to do that with just some people who kind of see me like the concierge. Like I swear there's people that text me things beyond easily Googleable or just, Mm. I don't, there's just a lot of, well, I don't work there, so I can't answer your question. But if you call them, I'm sure that like the hours of a business, <laughs> you can totally find that without asking me like that makes no sense. But yeah, just this little like you don't understand where I'm coming from or, you know, you yeah. tend to just misread everything kind of on purpose. So we're just not going to talk about that anymore. Yeah. And I think I'm realizing that you can keep relationship with people. And I mean, like you can tell them about your boundaries or you could just like let the relationship move in that direction. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, from now on, I'm thinking you're not one of those people I'm going to have deep conversation with. So you're going to be the person I play Monopoly with or whatever. I'm realizing, you know, I used to hate board games because I felt like I was forced to play them as a child but i think i'm gonna start playing more board games because there's just people i don't want to have deep conversation with anymore because i know how frustrating it's gonna be Mm, so you're just gonna play monopoly instead yeah because it's just like there's no there's no give and take with that like we're not actually going to interact at a deep level and i think that's a big reason why i podcast is because i find people i can interact with the deep in a deep level and we can have these conversations yeah and i get it out of my system and then for those people that i can't have deep conversation with i'm like cool let's hang out and be surfacey okay so that's like you know the friends of different functions because i have if i'm about to be a little catty and, and indulge that side of me i know who to text to just get a little bit like, yeah, that's the worst and I hate it and blah, blah. But yeah. if I need to, you know, be more of a good person, you know, with like better thoughts and I know who to invest that in. So, yeah, just people of, uh, of different functions. Some people are Yahtzee friends. Some yeah. people not so much. Yeah. That was actually really interesting. I read Kevin Garcia's book, um, Bad Theology Kills. Um, oh, okay. Phenomenal yeah, book. On my list. I think yeah. I would love to talk with him because I want to understand. Like I, I've heard him interviewed and I thought it was really good, but then I was like, I want to interview him and understand mm. his trauma better. I like understanding people's trauma. Sure. Just a minute here. Yep. The United Kingdom keeps calling me. I'm like, what is the deal? They um, know that you're a King Charles stan. 
<laughs> You're yeah. being acknowledged. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Um, I'm so happy. Anyways, yeah, boundaries. Boundaries. Yeah. Um. Oh, I've been listening to the audiobook of Larry Norman. Oh, by the way. Yeah. I was like kind of saying like, I always like very careful to say whether I'm reading or whether I'm audiobooking. Mm-hmm. And I realized that might be a little ableist. I've been to, trying like, to figure that out myself. You know, I was telling somebody um, like right now I'm I'm listening to um, Stephen King's It because it is spooky season and I've never read it. But uh-huh. it's it's a huge book and there's no way I'm going to be able to sit and read it all by Halloween. Yeah. You know, so I do. I just, I'm able to read a lot more if I can listen to it, but yeah, the, the idea of like, but if somebody who can't read, whether it's a visual impairment or a dyslexia thing or whatever, you know, are they not reading if they're listening to something, you know, I, yeah. So I'm trying to, but I do kind of say like, oh, I'm reading it, you know, uh, and then, you know, like, oh, I'm listening to the the version that Steven Weber read, you know, and it's really good yeah. or something like that. But why is that necessary? There is a lot of, yeah. well, you didn't really read it if you listened to it. I'm like, but I heard all the same words. Like, come on. Yeah. But, well, I think part of it, too, is like, what is your intention? Right. It's like yeah. I'm doing the audiobook, Larry Norman. And it's like, am I saying that just to clarify that it's like, why right, am I right, right. saying that? And like, maybe that version is different. And so it is important you clarify it, but it's like not clarifying it to show that I am, I am humble enough to admit that I don't read all of my books all the time. I don't know. Right, 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 right. Off of paper. Like if I can get, if I can get an audio instead of an actual paper book, I'm going to go that way. Yeah, exactly. Um, Anyways. Yeah. Something I thought was really interesting is like, he was a pioneer at what he was doing and it's like other artists built on what he did right which really started the christian music industry Mm. which was pretty good i think in the 90s and then it kind of got terrible (laughs) it did it did it's my opinion (laughs) but i'm like interesting i i think you know what's really interesting is he tried to make christian music that made christians uncomfortable and drew people outside of the faith Mm mm-hmm was he successful at that? I'm not sure. Like there's, I think, you know, there are some lines in his songs that I'm like, Ooh, that must've cut hard. Like there's like a song. I think it might be the great American novel where he talks about like how, um, the sheets that you wear your Mm -hmm. daughter sleeps on. Like, so it's like the same ones that he, they wear as members of the KKK, their daughter sleeps on. Right. I'm like, Whoa, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. And so I mean, like, I love it when people kind of press like that and how the arts are used to kind of like jog people out of their poor ways of seeing things. Yeah. Cause sometimes it um, makes it so clear, but sometimes it really, you know, just expands it and makes it, you know, takes it to a different level than crystallizing it down. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like Larry Norman's a guy that like he broke some rules and I think he paved the way for other artists. Um, And then I think like it became such a big business. I think that's what's so fascinating about this is like how 
once like money gets involved and things take off, it becomes more about feeding the machine than anything yeah. else. And then we kind of lose its original intent. Really, I think that's what happened with the church too. Oh, for sure. It's yeah. Yeah. It's all branding. It's all yeah. It's all business. Yeah. And I think what I'm realizing more than anything else now is like I want to stop complaining about the way things are and just model a better way of being. Mm. Yeah. And so maybe I'll be a pioneer at that. And I may not be successful and make lots of money, but hopefully I'll inspire somebody else to do it. Actually, I don't want anybody to make money on this because that's when it gets dumb. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, do you remember like when they used to like name stars after people? Yes, I do. Yes, <laughs> I do. I always wanted one and I never got one. So I might, I think they still do it. I yeah. haven't run out of stars yet. I don't know. Yeah, that's what I was wondering. It's like, have we run out of stars? <laughs> I was just thinking to be there's infinite, like but come on. I wonder if there's a star out there called Kevin too. Kevin too. <laughs> Is that the same Kevin that died for our sins? Oh, that was Eric. That was Eric. Oh, that's right. Damn. But I mean, maybe Kevin did too. I don't know. I don't know. Could be. I love okay, so I have like this like kind of troll account on Twitter. I think you might even know which one it is, but I have like I have a couple. Yeah. You, you might know both of them. But anyways, um I know at least one. At least I think one. I know two. Where was I going with this? I don't know. Oh yeah. What I've noticed is that like the feed because I deliberately follow accounts that are just like weird. Sure. And I'm realizing like there are like, like just there's corners of Twitter where people legitimately live in a whole different reality. Yes. Yes. And sometimes I'll just retweet something somebody says and I'll be like, meanwhile, in a different reality. It's it's hilarious to me. Like if I end yeah. up in this weird little section of Twitter and especially if there's more, you know, if it's not, if it's a couple of people talking all together and they all understand what each other's talking about, but I have no clue, or <laughs> it's all like totally normal to them. And I'm like, this is not normal thinking or behavior. Yeah. How are you validating each other like this? Uh, yeah. yeah, it can get pretty spooky my favorite is when someone has like and i don't want to be like you have no followers huh but someone has like four followers <laughs> and like twenty thousand tweets and i'm like how much did yeah. you have to talk like you had to get all of this out <laughs> okay and nobody cares but all right you know just twitter's a weird place it is it is kind of interesting too how like sometimes people will blast someone for saying something it's like you only have 200 followers or right. whatever right and i'm like i don't know like what i mean again this is like those human categories it's like yeah. how many followers do you need to have before, before you could be taken is... seriously yeah yeah I've I've come close. The thing that I find hilarious to say is when someone has especially like an out of the blue, like a mean take, especially not like yeah. just bad. But if someone's being mean, I'm always like, 
this isn't the way to get your 39th follower. Like however many they have, <laughs> just throw one more. That's not the way to do it. And though it's kind of categorizing them by followers, but also yeah. kind of not. Just like this isn't the way to do that, hon. Hon. My daughter does that all the time. She'll be like, the hun. Hun. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. I don't know. Like, I, I, and the funny thing is, it's like it can go two ways, right? Where you got like the person who's like 38 followers and they're saying mean stuff. <laughs> and then you got a person who's got 5,000 followers and they're saying mean stuff. And you're just like, right. Well, just because your followers like it doesn't mean it's the right thing to say either, right? Yes. And it's, yeah. Yes. So, I don't know, like the validation of having a certain amount of followers, like is such an interesting phenomenon because it's like, how did I get this many followers? Right. I find it funny when they're like, uh, and they'll send like a screenshot of the, the tweet they're speaking about. And it's like, um, you just, you have, uh, you know, I'm sorry. My kid's school is calling. Can I pause you for a sec? Yeah. Can we take a hold? Okay, cool. Unmute. Okay. We're we're all good. <laughs> I honestly don't even remember what we were talking about. If I gave it a sec. But then again, maybe I won't. The list is not helping. It's okay. <laughs> Where were think... we? Sorry. Uh, this was um, fun though. This was absolutely. This was a good yeah. one. Sorry to uh to have thrown us off track there. No, it's okay. So yeah, um, I don't know. It's kind of funny because like I have a friend who's like walking through some really hard stuff right now. And um, he he sent me like this message about, you know, how Eric has helped him. <laughs> it's kind of hard. That's thing great. Now because I That's feel great. like, um, you know, the experience that people have had with Jesus and the people that claim to represent Jesus is just kind of interesting that now we're like, calling him eric and it eric. almost is therapeutic and i'm maybe being heretical but it's just huh i think i think it's like god has many names right and you know we look at the biblical text and it gives us all those names and it's like okay but the bible doesn't say eric so yeah. is it wrong to use eric or is it possible that you know Christ could reveal himself in Eric, right? right? Like, yeah, you know, something like that. I also wonder if it would be kind of helpful to somebody dealing with, you know, just PTSD from church and whatever to yeah. just meet Jesus as Eric and just be like, no, yeah. it's just, let me learn about him as a new person that yeah. doesn't hold, you know, that kind of uh, baggage and trauma, you know, I, 
I don't think it's that wrong. I don't think no. so. No. And I think at some point too, it's kind of like the machine doesn't want you to think that way. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. there's a lot of tithe money involved sure. in sticking to that. Yeah. Right. And so, but I, I think like also like there's that book, The Shack, and I thought was yeah. so incredible. Yeah. Is that, that God presents as a black woman mm-hmm. to him. Yeah. To the character. Right. And so I'm like, that's really interesting. And you know what's funny too is like I actually there's this podcast I love. It's called Good Christian Fun. Mm-hmm. And um they were talking about the shack. And they did some critique of it that I thought was really interesting. Cause it's like, do we really need to have this happen where like his daughter's murdered? And for like mm him to learn how to be okay with that and all this stuff like it's 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 kind of i can't even remember what the critique was yeah but it was kind of interesting because i'm like i still find it very valuable like how they kind of gender swapped and race swapped because clearly oh, god yeah. is white very right? white yeah <laughs> pure gamble. it's like you know just an illustration of god meeting us where we're at what i which i think mm-hmm. is just such a beautiful thing and like so often we want to be gatekeepers and say, well, this is how you do this. Yeah. And it's like, it's got kind of that conquering mentality still. Still. And yeah. Yeah. And so I'm like, I just think it's beautiful to conceptualize God meeting us where we're at and journeying with us. And mm-hmm. it's like, and all of our journeys are very different. And I think yeah. there's many people that won't understand my journey. Like I say to my parents all the time. There's a lot of people in the Bible who have very messy stories and my story is kind of messy right now. Yeah. I, I so appreciate the permission for our relationship with God. Again, an untouchable Mm -hmm. deity that it's allowed to look different, you know, like one person's faith and their walk looks one way. And I'm like, look, God knows I'm a little bit of a hippie and a little kooky and totally believe in like signs and yeah. you know something that I'm like no if if this showed up why why shouldn't it be god going you know what this is the language she understands so i'm going to talk yeah. to her that way you yeah. know or that i fully believe in an interventionist god who will come and do things and work and change things um and other people don't and it doesn't make their relationship less but maybe god speaking to them in their language you know, for them and Mm -hmm. that those both get to be okay. Well, and I think when it comes down to it, it's like our theologies are just models of reality. Mm. And so it's like, people are like, no, you must have my theology. And I'm like, sorry, that doesn't really line up with my reality. And like where (laughs) I'm at right now, it's crazy. Like I didn't think I'd be back in church. I left church because I'm like, yeah, I'm done with this. This is dumb. You know, and all I could see is people trying to get tithe money. Uh, and, uh-huh. um, and so I was telling my pastor yesterday, because she's the one that invited me to this um, lecture. Yeah. And I was saying, you know, what's crazy is, you know, with all of my running, I've still sensed that God is present. Yeah. God's been present the whole time and been with me as yeah. I journey. And now... I'm starting to encounter theology that is lining up with who God is as yeah. I know them. 
And it's mm. like, that is, that's incredible. Yeah. And I'm like, I thought I ran away, but here I am, you know, with a pastor who is friends with all the pastors of the churches I used to attend. Yeah. <laughs> there is no running away. <sighs> and I think something that's so beautiful in one of the books, I think it's actually the most recent one I'm working on. So I'm working on a, um, into the, into the wilderness, I think is what it's called mm -hmm. by the four hands. And it's talking about thriving in spiritual community outside of the official church or whatever you want to call it, the yeah. traditional church. Okay. And um, what Laura forehand says is um, you cannot deconstruct what's eternal. Mm. And so she's basically saying when you deconstruct, it's like you could just go nuts with deconstruction because you'll never deconstruct the eternal. And I'm like, wow. Because there's a lot of people being like, like when you deconstruct, make sure you don't do this. Yeah. You know, and I'm like, dude. No, if it's solid, God's it'll stay. God's got this. Yeah. yeah God's got yeah. this. Like, don't worry about it. And so, and I'm like, I feel like I'm walking ed evidence that you can't deconstruct mm. the eternal. Like, I'm like, like, I'm still, still in the stream of that. And yeah. it's still leading me and taking me to new places. So that's cool. That's good. Oof. well thank you this was thank fun thank you it's always therapeutic absolutely no, this is a good one <laughs> you know like those podcasts where they're like this is not therapy you know and they're like just a disclaimer right. i'm like this no, one guys, might be sometimes this yeah. is therapy okay yeah. like do what i say <laughs> trust me i'm a doctor <laughs> trust me i'm a doctor or whatever Self-proclaimed doctor, much like a self-proclaimed alpha male. <laughs> well, much love, everyone. Yes. Um, take it easy, lemon squeezy, and uh, <laughs> no bake cake. <laughs> no bake cake. Oh, no. <laughs> Thank you for listening to ADD Masterminds. We would love to keep you updated on what we're up to, as well as share some hilarious memes. We'd also like to hear from you. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. <laughs>